0: What is a solarpreneur you might ask? A solarpreneur is a new breed of solar pro that is willing to do whatever it takes to achieve mastery and you are about to become one. What's going on solarpreneurs? We are back with another episode and in the office here today. Got the American flag in the background. So America, um, but even cooler, we have the Italian stallion in the house himself. We have our Ricardo on the show today. Ricardo, thanks for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, brother. It's yeah. good to be here,
0: it'll be fun. And if you haven't heard about this guy, he's been tearing it up in the solar industry. You've been in what six months since June or something?
1: May, May, June. Yeah, six, seven months.
0: Okay. So he's been in seven months, he's taken the industry, I think by a storm, he's uh, done some incredible feats he's achieved that we're gonna talk about today. Um, so yeah, it's just been uh, cool seeing his progression and just some of your records, Ricardo, um, as far as like revenue, mm-hmm. can, can you tell with us some of your like rec- records that you've had so far? Uh, in the
1: industry? Yeah, I guess, I, I don't know as far as industry records, because I don't know what everyone else yeah. is doing, <laughs> <But> <laughs> Company records? as far as me, yes. Uh, my biggest month was uh, August, it was 1.9 millions in revenue, wow. if we account for contracts sold. As far as accounts go, uh, June was 44 accounts, and those are my two biggest ones. I guess biggest week is 20 that I did in June, still, um, that's about it, as far as I know.
0: Yeah, pretty incredible. And what's even crazier is, yeah, he came in doing this, you know, with six months in the industry, um, very little time under his belt. And, um, yeah, so we're going to hear about your story, Ricardo, why you got into the industry, and... um yeah, I mean, you got your Italian accent, that's no yeah. excuse for you, <laughs> still closing deals up the storm. Do you feel like that helps you? People are like, oh, where's your accent from? Uh,
1: I, I tend to use it, I guess, right? I try yeah. to use everything I can as an advantage, so I guess, so yeah, I use it as a connection point if I need to. <laughs> nice.
0: Okay. Yeah. My, the people always think I'm Canadian, so right. I do the same thing, but <laughs> people, I have no, you know, reasoning for mine. Um, but yeah, good topic of conversation. So yeah, let's hear about, um, you started in Pest. Do you want to kind of tell about, I guess, why you switched over to Solar, what it was like in Pest? Um, um, yeah, well, I started in ended. Alarms
1: originally. Oh, my that's first, right. My first year in Alarms at Vivint, and then I went to Pest, and then I went to Solar. So it's three years in the industry. I've been to basically all the industries so far, but in first year in Alarms was great. I had a short summer, um, so I was still in college. I played college soccer. Okay. Uh, there, So I had about a two, two and a half month summer, did great, had fun. Next year, I kind of decided to take it seriously as I graduated college. After that, I saw the first year and I was like, all right, this is real. You know, it's when you realize I wanted to actually give it a shot and go 100%. That's when I did pass. had a great summer last year. Uh, I was technically a rookie in past, and so I guess I broke the industry uh, rookie record. Jeez. Before, so I had a big year last year and then just transferred over to Solar, I guess, through the off-season. I was still going to go back, then talk to Jason back and forth. We knew each other from Viv and Days. I kind of checked Solar out. I kind of got comfortable with it. And then the more I saw just the industry and what's going on, I just decided it it was just the place to be. So I made the switch, and then the rest is history. Yeah, Yeah. let's
0: go. Now I've heard uh, legends about your pest control day. You tell me if this is true, but you'd be up, go grab your McDonald's breakfast sandwich. Uh-huh. out on the doors by like 9 and just work like all day, Yeah, right? Yeah, it was a grind.
1: Absolute <laughs> grind. It's, It was an absolute grind, yes. Yeah. It was last summer. Uh, was it May 1st to, I guess I went to about half, mid-September, so four and a half months. And it was 10 a.m. on the doors, no matter what. Uh, yeah. I either have a McDonald's sandwich or no sandwich, no breakfast at all. <laughs> Straight on the doors and then knock until 8, 9 p.m. every day, four and a half months. It's brutal. Absolute grind, but it paid off. It was good. Definitely got me ready for solar, whereas like, it's is not as grueling. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and no, that's one of the things I respect about Ricardo the most is he just has that, like, take no prisoners mindset that I've seen. I remember in one of our meetings, we had someone, um, I don't know, just kind of making excuses mm-hmm. about why they weren't working as much. And you basically told them, like, look, this is what I did in pest control, I didn't eat, and, and, and so that person was like, Ricardo, but were you happy doing that? And you're like, dude, I don't care if I was happy, I'm out there to make money, I'm out there to go 100%, yeah. and I'm like, man, this, is, this kid is hard, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. kid goes all out. So I, I don't know, I would you say that's been one of the biggest like factors in your success is just like going all out and just you know being 100, 100% committed like that?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that's that's yeah. a big factor to it. Uh, and I feel everybody once you get to a certain point, uh, everybody has sales skills. Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Someone's more talented, someone's less talented right? But everybody knows what they're gonna do, everybody knows how to make sales. So at that point is just how much are you actually gonna work? How many excuses are you gonna make? or are you actually gonna do what you're gonna do? So for me, one big thing is I've just been really careful as far as the goals that I actually put out there and what I tell myself I'm gonna do is when I actually tell myself I'm gonna do something, then I have to do it. Yeah. And I hold myself accountable to that 100%. So I've, sometimes I've been scared, quote unquote, to put out big goals, because then I know if I put out a big goals, I'm gonna have to work 40 hours <laughs> a day to yeah. do it, but I will. Yeah. And so it's just being really careful of what you tell yourself. And once okay. you tell yourself you're gonna do something, then you just have to do it. If yeah. you told yourself you're gonna sell X accounts, X amount of accounts by X number of days, you're just gonna have to do it and you just have to do whatever you're gonna do, whatever you yeah. have to do to do it. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of been my mindset throughout, especially past last year, through, I kind of carried that into solar. I feel like that helped me a lot produce big numbers in solar. That's yeah. uh, what I see a lot in solar is, obviously commissions are a lot bigger, big accounts. It's easy to get complacent when you have six, seven, eight, ten oh. 10 accounts on the month and you're like, oh, I made a bunch of money. Right. People stop working carrying that mindset over from past to where it's all about volume, 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 and just work, work, work. And don't worry about the actual end result as much. And then as long as you do that, then the results come and that's what helped me kind of get big volume on there. But yeah, it's just about, for me, it's just about work. If you're telling yourself you're gonna do something if you have a goal, right? Everyone's goal is different. If somebody's happy selling five accounts a month, 10 accounts a month, that's what you wanna do, that's great. Then do what you need to do to achieve that. But if you're gonna tell yourself you're gonna do 20, 30, 40 accounts a month, you need to match that with your actions. You can't just talk and not do it. Yeah. If you're gonna say that, then you just have to go all in and actually go work for it.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's huge. And um, yeah, a lot of guys you hear about in the industry, they came from, you know, you know how it is in door-to-door. There's a lot of guys from like Utah, Idaho, guys working on farms and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, this guy is from Italy. Were you out there like? you know making wine or something or
1: (laughs) what i don't know i played soccer i played professional soccer back in the days yeah okay so do you
0: feel like that's kind of where your competitive drive comes from is just like pushing yourself in sports or i don't know do you
1: 100 percent i think i definitely get that from sports i'm just super competitive in everything i do in general Uh, a bit too much sometimes but uh, (laughs) but i'm super competitive definitely comes from sports and so i just kind of see it I guess the way I try to look at it is not as much of an end result you know where a lot of people in the industry try to look at how many accounts have you sold how much revenue how much money have you made all these type of things obviously that's important but that just comes from just focusing on the work and just just do it right and then I don't like to spend too much time about how many accounts what am I gonna do what's the actual result I just like to focus on what do I have to do I know what I have to do I'm just doing it the rest is just gonna happen but yeah just and and that comes from sports just worry about training worry about what you got to do and then the rest follows yeah
0: that's awesome yeah i mean you've probably seen it some of the best recruits some of the most successful people in in this industry have the sports backgrounds super competitive and really that's what it is i mean any successful guy i see they're not that focused on like the money part of it like they're making door-to-door sells their sport basically And they don't even care about numbers so much. So they just want to be the best. Yeah. If <laughs> I see that in you, for sure. Um, yeah. I remember we. Were, I asked you once if you're gonna win like competition, and I think you're gonna be gone that month. And you're just like, oh, I'll figure out a way to win it, <laughs> something like that. And like, man. So yeah, Ricardo, he definitely, uh, you know, takes it to an extreme with the competitiveness. But what would you say, Ricardo? I don't know. Have you helped people, or maybe people that don't have that sports background? Do you know of any way to I don't know help people become more competitive or like help push themselves more if because yeah as you've seen in meetings not everyone is like you so yeah. how do you transform these people and really like light that fire under them, to I get guess, them going? Um,
1: everybody has some sort of competitiveness in them to a certain degree some people have it more some people have it less but okay. it just takes good leadership right Because okay. you can see when some of the leaders actually step up and you wanna create that competitive environment, right? I I love to create that competitiveness. And it usually comes from me or other people that are competitive in the office, but you have to just make it a priority of actually creating that culture. Because if you're not creating that culture and you're just making it look like nobody's competing, everybody's just doing their thing and coasting and being comfortable, that just spreads into the office and everybody's numbers go down. So I try as much as I can to take my competitiveness, but I put it on to other people. Like I'll trash talk somebody in a joking way, but just compete, right? Just challenge people around you, especially if you're in a leadership position. You wanna make sure that you're just always carrying that energy as far as like call people out, throw competitions, make sure people care about them, but just kind of carry that energy. And I've just noticed that the entire office just follows what the top guys are doing, right? Right. So if the top one, two, three guys in the office are being competitive and competing against each other, putting competitions up, the rest of the office will kind of follow that, as long as they're involved. If the top guys are kind of doing their own thing and not worrying about it, then you'll see everybody else levels just kind of go down. So it, yeah. it follows with leadership, I think.
0: Yeah, no, that's huge. And yeah, I've heard from a lot of people in the industry, and you know, a lot of guys we have had on the podcast. It's like basically your team is going to do half the production that you do, mm-hmm. and uh, you know twice the like mistakes that you make. Pretty much, like they're going to follow whatever you do, and okay. um, along with the production. So that's why I've seen any company I've been with. Um, you know that it's no i guess mistake on it all the top producers their teams are producing more too yes which i think you've seen a lot so no i i think that's huge um and so y- yeah you said you switched from pest control to solar ricardo and so how did you what was that transition like and i don't know do you feel like there's stuff that helped you a lot in pest control that you're now applying in solar um, um yeah how a lot of things. Okay. i mean
1: i think there's definitely a lot of things that are sales is sales at the end of the day, right? You can sell pest control, you can sell solar, you can sell alarms, you can sell anything. Once you know how to sell the principles of it, you'll, you'll apply that anywhere, but there's definitely things that I took from pest control that helped me a lot in solar. And so I guess I just like to take skills and cross them back and forth. Yeah, On there, the transition, was easier than I thought, honestly. You know, when you're in other industries, especially, yeah. uh, guys that are in other industries will relate with this, but you, you're looking at solar and you hear about the commissions and the money and it looks like this promised wonderland type of thing, yeah. right, but then everybody makes it sound so hard and it's this big sale, and those are all things to just kind of de-incentivize people yeah. from actually moving over. Once I made the transition and I checked solar out, then it, it was easier than I thought. It's pretty yeah. easy sales. When you actually think about it and you break it down, solar is a pretty easy sale yeah. at the end of the day yeah. right and so it's just about the way you keep it like in your mind it's just not over complicated but transition yeah. is pretty simple
0: yeah no it's good yeah. and i think you'd agree i came from pest control too and it's like i don't know anyone that's still selling pest control like you gotta switch to solar man it's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like all the guys are doing it
1: to teach their own but i mean yeah
0: yeah because yeah. i mean yeah i mean we're saving people money day one i mean ricardo's making a million bucks it's like yeah it's like crazy what you're doing and then yeah what you're saying earlier is pest control you're knocking what 9 a.m to 10 p.m pretty much yeah it's a summer so
1: yeah, yeah 10 10 to 8 10 to 9 so yeah. the, the summers are brutal uh 10, yeah. 10 and 11 hours a day it, it i think it was great for me to really kind of cement that work ethic on yeah. there because i mean pest solar if you're smart and you can actually set up referrals and work smart you can still be a high producer without actually having to grind which is great yeah Pest control, if you're going to want to be a top guy, you just have to work your face off. Like, yeah. No matter how good you are selling, you can sell any door you talk to, you still have to sell 10 or 12 a day. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you still have to work your face off. And I think that just really helped in cementing that work ethic of like, okay, un- until you have seven in a day in pest control, you're not even started. <laughs> right, my day would start when I had seven or eight, right? Because yeah. until then, it doesn't even start. So that just helped me develop that mindset of just not being satisfied. If I'm a 10 on that week, or 12, or if I'm on 30 on the month, yeah. and I could just sit back and relax, I'm like, it, it's not even started, right? I'm just trying to always push it. So that kind of helped.
0: Yeah, for me that's awesome. And no, I've, I've seen you turn it on and off in solar, but yeah, we were just talking before recording here. Ricardo, he's been on like some trips this month. It's December and you know Christmas coming up. And you've had a couple of referrals in still made like what 60 grand in the past couple of weeks just from a few referrals like <laughs> <Probably>. barely working <laughs> barely, yes probably
1: <laughs>
0: so that's what's crazy is i mean um it's cool that you had you can push yourself that level you know you can hit those levels of working like you know 12 15 hours in a day if you need to but then you can also you know tone it down and you're still getting results which i think is awesome with the solar industry i've gotten lazier in my time because mm-hmm. pest control that was me like Six years ago now. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I feel like I need to go back and do a summer pest so I know what it's like to Yeah, like, It, does <laughs> definitely, it with. definitely gets you lazier, yeah.
1: 100%. But yeah, I like to go on and off. I mean, yeah. 12 months, because solar is obviously around, so you're off the summer thing, it's year round. So I personally, I don't know if anybody can, but I don't want to sustain 12 months of working 12, 15 hours a day just yeah. grinding because I would just you know, it, it yeah. was just burning out completely. Yeah. Just about working smart. And so I'll have one or two months where I'm just gonna push really hard, do a ton of accounts. The third month, I'll turn it down a little, work on the pipeline, make sure everything gets installed. Still work, you'll still put up those accounts, but not going as hard. And then just kind of manage that as far as like, it, it's helped me kind of recharge throughout the year that's what's helped me kind of being sustained is if i did six months all out i would be gone right now i wouldn't be selling any accounts because <laughs> yeah. you'd be burned out yeah right but put in two three months hard take a month more relax you just kind of recharge yourself still and the crazy thing about solar is if you sell 10 accounts that month when you're chilling you're still made 100 grand yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you, you're going to recharge sell a the less accounts and relax and then you'll you'll kind of get ready for another sprint but that's how yeah. i like to do it is just kind of time it and then go yeah go hard.
0: that's awesome and uh, i think i think all the people getting huge results they're doing little mini blitzes like that and just push themselves really hard for a little bit so for those listening if you haven't done a blitz like that if you're like me before i met like you guys and all of the team here ricardo i was just kind of happy putting in my four or five hours for the day and not pushing hard but that's something I've seen that's different for you guys as you, yeah, you really go and you push hard and your results speak for themselves because that's when you got the, you know, 40, what was that, 44 deals in a month? 44. That was one of your hard pushes and you at what, 130 accounts for the year, is it?
1: Uh, I think I got the scorecard this morning pull yeah. this Up. Yeah, okay. Um, uh,
0: we'll go check on that. But yeah, I mean, seven months. He's 179. Had these 179. Yeah, yeah incredible. So um, got to be definitely near the top of the industry, if not setting industry records here. So pretty crazy. So yeah, can you talk about, um, I mean, this huge month you had 43 and you had the 1.9 million in revenue, what, what did it take that month for, for our listeners that want to go out and do something like that? Mm-hmm. You tell them like how much you were working and I don't know, maybe like the mindset that yeah. you had to have Absolutely. hitting so those th- big numbers. Those
1: were two different months. So the 44 was in June. Uh, and that was my most accounts in a month and then 1.9 million was in uh, September. Actually, exactly. I said August, sorry, it was September. Yeah. And, um, and that was just, I sold <laughs> less accounts, I just sold bigger accounts. Yeah. And that's something I've got better at doing as I learn how to not burn out yeah. and kind of sustain is I started selling a couple less accounts but I sell them bigger and higher to where you obviously make up, you have to work a little less, but it's sustainable. But so yeah, in the June, we were in a blitz for two weeks out of the month. And so the first two weeks in June, we were here in San Diego, went hard. June was like core summer for me. So I just took it really hard. June and July, that's when I pushed the most, probably this year. And so my schedule was, kind of a pest control schedule if you want to say that that's what i wanted to do i said i want to take the skill and what i did last year in the grind and apply to solar and see where it goes because i don't see a lot of people actually do that and so 11 a.m probably i was out either on the doors or appointments obviously my setters have done a great job so all, all these numbers and all what i've achieved it took me have some awesome setters help me obviously yeah. set some solid leads and help me kind of manage my time so yeah. where it's actually efficient and so i try to either be on the doors at 11 that month when i achieved that if i had an appointment i had all my setters schedule appointments first thing in the morning like 9 30 oh. 10 a.m first appointment nice. I, I tried to have them scheduled two hour time slots all day long so i teed them up either myself i would just go if, if there were any leads from other setters, i would just set them up myself and tee out my whole day or have them to you but i would have the first deal at 10 a.m so wake up hit the gym whatever i got to do 10 a.m on my first deal close that that means by noon you already have a sale yeah anybody that's in the industry knows when you get the momentum you have when's the best time to get a sale it's after you just got a sale. Pretty, yeah. so you just want to build that momentum i'd have a sale almost Probably, at least through the blitz, two weeks, I probably had a sale before noon every single day Uh, when I did that. And so by noon, you have a sale. Go to the second appointment between noon and two, try to get my second before late afternoon, and then either go knock to find another one or get a set. But the goal was about three a day. Two to three a day, every single day. That's kind of what we were going for. And I would just try to have this schedule built before that so where you can do that the the biggest things that I've seen when you start getting big numbers in solar is just actually time management because it's hard to actually fit in and something will go wrong with an account you have to get a redesign you're gonna sit in a house for three hours and you just actually have to make the time the physical time for you to be there and actually make sure it works and so I kind of was pretty particular about two hour time slots and just have every single two hours just booked Mm. so i would have something i would double book appointments for flakes yeah i just wanted to make sure there was no excuse like no oh the appointment flake they didn't say i didn't have time i double booked appointments if i had to to yeah. make sure that whenever one flake that would just run to the other one so i was basically running appointments all day every day i would have one backup two backups sometimes we would triple book a slot yeah. So I would go to a 2 o'clock, they flake, I go to the other one, they flake, I go to the third one. <laughs> right. show, yeah. And so we That's just awesome. wanted, yeah, I just had yeah. backups making sure that there were no excuses yeah.
0: going on. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I've seen that. Like all the top guys, you know, Mike O'Donnell, Chance uh, Pranschinski, the guy that came on, he had like 16 a month, same thing. These guys are like triple booking their appointments. and. I think that's the key is if you wanna hit big numbers like this, you just have to stack the appointments like crazy. So if you got you got nothing on the schedule, then yeah, you gotta make sure you're sitting in, you know, three, four appointments a day, right? Yeah. To you, set yourself up.
1: Yeah, it's volume. You just need to make sure, no excuses there, right? If, if you're getting two, three appointments, you have two or three appointments on the schedule, you just gotta know yeah. one or two of those appointments will play, potentially even all three. So when I go on these pushes, and I wanna make sure I go for big numbers, I just don't want there to be any excuse as we yeah. talked about earlier i don't want to be the guy that has three appointments on the schedule they all flake and then i just go home at night with no deal and i said oh well they all flaked it's not my fault yeah right i just want to take account uh, ownership for that and make sure i have seven eight nine on the schedule i know half of them will flake because that's just how it goes for the most part <laughs> yeah. but i just want to have the backup just yeah. plan for the worst case scenario and then if it's better if they all sit we have closers you can spread appointments there's always a way to take more appointments there's not a way to have appointments that you don't have them, right? So I'd, l- yeah. I'd rather be double booked than yeah. not have any,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome, that's the way to do it. And so yeah, huge numbers, huge month, um, but what's more impressive to me than probably any of that is just like the revenue of the month, you had 1.9 million, and do you know how many accounts that took to do the 1.9 million?
1: Uh, probably around 37, A, somewhere yeah, okay. around
0: there. Yeah, still a ton. Um, but what's crazy, I mean, we're selling smaller systems typically, and, we're not like Texas or anything so smaller systems than a lot of these other states but Ricardo he's when I first met him he's telling me like the prices he's selling at and I'm like man I've never heard anyone consistently selling like every single account at such such, like a high revenue (laughs) and not only is he selling a ton of accounts but you're selling them like through the roof and you know you're not like price gouging people but it's like here where we're at you you can charge extremely high and people are still saving like boatloads of money. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've seen from you, and it makes sense too. Like, why not make what you're mer- what you're worth, and then you know make a high commission? You're still gonna cut the customer's bill in half a lot of times. Where people that I see that don't know how to sell aren't well trained. They're just trying to you know compete on rock bottom prices yeah. and always you know sell for cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. Yeah. So, yeah, something I respect a ton. So, I don't know. You want to talk to us a little bit, Ricardo, about, like, what's allowed you, I don't know, maybe that mindset shift and why you decided to just start, like, yeah, driving absolutely. Price up, so increasing that's,
1: that's huge for me and that's something I actually took from pest control. Because okay. right? when I sold pest control as my company, we used to sell really high kind of premium pest control. So mm-hmm. we were charging probably 2-3x to three X the normal industry price for a premium service. Yeah. And I learned through my time there that it, it's never about price. Yeah, It's never about price. When you make it about the price or so you try to s- save people more money to get the deal, you're just not selling right, or you were just never tra- trained on how to properly sell. The reality is at the end of the day, customers don't care about price, they care about value. Right, and so you can deliver more value selling a lot higher if you're if you're doing things correctly than yeah. selling cheap. So I, I see it two ways. Number one is valuing my time. So the, the most important thing for selling high revenue, high accounts, is you have to value your time. Like I'm really busy, as we said, we're doubling appointments, triple stacking appointments when I'm pushing my time is actually really valuable throughout those times because I can go we can go sell a lot of accounts. I'm not gonna take time out of my day to go sell an account and make a small commission on it. It's just not worth my time. It would just be a dumb business decision, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Opportunity cost. So the way I look at it is when I'm getting those pushes and I have a lot of accounts going on, I have to maximize every single account to be efficient. Like I've had times where I'm in a deal and I'm closing the account it's a small account, the customer's price shopping me, they're trying to get it down, it's a small, cheap deal, I'm not making much money on that deal, and I know I have another one, I'll, I'll leave. I'll be like, sorry, I'm down, see you later. <laughs> nice. And I'll go to the next one, because I'm trying to maximize my time and actually spread efficiency on there. Yeah. And so that's the number one, is just valuing your time, knowing that what you do is worth it. I mean, the customers, if you're selling the right way, you're not selling on savings. right I mean in California here for everybody in other states you guys are not selling on savings as much but California it's very easy to save people money so what I see a lot of guys do is they just compete on bottom price or I can save you 50 percent 60 percent 70 percent at the end of the day the customer does not care yeah they would have been way better off if you save them less money Say you save them 20 percent 30 percent but they got a quality product quality system and you explained it correctly so they're actually educated as far as what they're doing yeah as far as you just throwing them a random number that's really cheap, but they actually don't understand what's happening. They don't know what's going on and they're getting crappy equipment, right? So for me, it's just all about value. Because at the end of the day, I've had customers, I try to make it a point. When I go to customers that already shopped around and have other quotes, I usually get the deal and I try to make it a point to be the most expensive quote they've had. (laughs) For a purpose, it's just for, if you're selling correctly, price doesn't matter. So I try to prove that to myself and as you're getting better at sales and understanding psychology and understanding how it actually works, it just doesn't matter. So once you understand that, all you're really worrying about is delivering value to that customer, and make sure they understand solar, understand all the benefits, not just the savings money. And once you do that and you explain it correctly, the customer will be the first one to see the value and agree with you, Mm. as far as price doesn't matter as much, right? So I try to deliver that, and then yeah, it's, it's just valuing my time. Just try to hold strong. I have lost deals. On price and I refuse to drop my price and that's just a psychological thing for me once you do it one time you're just gonna keep doing it and I don't want to be the guy that keeps doing it I'd rather lose a couple of deals and just hold firm on my price and make sure I can actually deliver value and in the long run that just made me so much more money than just try to get cheap deals right so it's just know, know your value and there's something about customers can sense that and they respect it they can respect it. A customer, you don't want to buy from somebody that's trying to lowball you, or yeah. being cheap, or you don't want to buy from the guy that tells you, I can save you a lot of money, I'm the cheapest one you've ever seen. Yeah. Like, no one wants to buy from that guy. Yeah. You want to buy from a guy that's an expert, and that you respect, and that actually knows what you're talking about. So as you're holding price, and you're firm, and you're upfront with your customers, you gain a lot of respect yeah. from them. When customers go like, okay, I'm gonna shop this around, I want a cheaper quote. It's about price. I'm just very upfront and very direct yeah. about the fact that, look, this is not the cheapest you're going to get. Matter of fact, it's probably one of the most expensive ones, but here's why, and just be very strong and know why. Hmm. And, and that just gains a lot of respect and it got me a lot of deals yeah. as opposed to probably a lot of deals. If I would have tried to undercut them or go cheaper, I would have lost them as opposed to holding my price and being the most expensive and saying why and holding strong on that got me a lot of deals
0: out of that yeah that's huge and yeah it's i mean it's awesome because that's why you're so especially right now we're just talking it's why you're making so much per account when you know you're on vacation and stuff you only have to sell one deal because you're selling them at a higher you know revenue and all that higher price and yeah it's true um yeah, there's i go to a lot of these like marketing conferences and stuff like that and All these guys, they just talk about there's no advantage to be like middle-of-the-pack pricing. Not at all. You'd be the most expensive, or the cheapest, but there's never going to be like an advantage, so.
1: Yeah, you you don't want to compete with what everybody's selling, because it just makes you like everyone else, especially in such a saturated market like San Diego is. Everybody's got a solar quote here, everybody knows about solar. Everybody's already set down and everybody sells at the same price and it's pretty cheap yeah. You understand Diego, like everybody sells pretty low. Yeah. So if I'm showing up to a house And I'm pulling up the same proposal with the same presentation with the same pricing yeah. What's the homeowner gonna do? Oh, I've already seen this a million times. Well, I'll, I'll let you know right You're not gonna have, be able to actually have any leverage to close that deal. Yeah, if I'm actually showing up at a house My price is significantly higher, but I'm actually able to back it up and know why that is and deliver value and make myself way different okay. from everybody else that showed up, that's why I'm gonna get that deal. Yeah, and, and it was a high revenue and I had more margin and everyone's happier, the customer's happy because they finally got solar and they didn't believe any of the other guys, so they're <laughs> in a better situation, I'm in a better situation because I got a higher margin, company's happy, so everyone's yeah. happy.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure you've probably like sold people maybe the exact same product that they got with another company, but the thing is they're not getting you from it, they're not getting your level of education, I mean, obviously you had the better sales skills to actually help them take action. So that's the thing. Sometimes we're using the same panels, but like for those that are listening, what experience are are you delivering your customers? How, what's the level of education you're getting in them? And then I think it's good questions to ask for those that are like, you know, like you want to be making a lot on these deals. Um, well, you know, you, we're not doing pest control to make a couple hundred bucks, right?
1: Right, <laughs> right. You, you want to have the highest margin possible, you obviously have to back it up, right? You yeah. can't just go give a crappy experience and not take care of your customers and try to charge higher, right? Because it's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. You have to back it up with experience and actually, like, with the experience that they get. But as long as that's there, I've had plenty of customers that have been defense about solar, And they've been kind of even wanting solar. You find so many people that have been wanting solar, nobody were actually able to sell them the way they wanted to be sold, right? Everybody's always trying to push their agenda or do it the way they want to sell it to where if you actually just listen to your customers and understand what their needs are, it's never about the money. It's never about saving more money. It's always about they don't understand one thing. They don't understand the second thing. They want to make sure they can trust you. They want to have somebody they can rely on. As long as you can deliver all those things, price doesn't matter. so I try to give my customers a lot of education. Keeping it simple, you don't want to overcomplicate, but my customers, after they get solar, they know everything about it. They know their equity, how that affects them. They know a lot of things and how they get benefits other than just saving. They understand inflation, all those things that we talked about and so that's number one to where they feel like they actually got a lot of value and education after they talk to me Mm -hmm. as opposed to just being another guy that's trying to give them solar panels right they actually know what they're doing and know what's going on and they know what they're talking about
0: Mm -hmm. number
1: two i mean i have a personal assistant they'll have their phone number i create group chats with all my customers they get cookies they get pizza right after we sign up we're in constant communication i have my assistant talk to all of them nonstop. If they have questions, they call her directly, they call me, but they get straight, constant communication with me at all times. They always know what's going on. and So those are all valuable things that if I'm going to take the time to go out of my way and do that and deliver that to my customers, I'm going to also value my time and make sure that we're compensated for that.
0: Yeah, that's huge. So yeah, not only charging higher, but actually backing it up. So we're not saying, you know, sell crap and then don't give them service and still charge higher (laughs) because... I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's going to be rough and, you know, we all want to get referrals too, so... I don't think Ricardo will be getting referrals if he's doing that, Uh, but no, that's huge. And so I think a lot of things that, or something that reps um, get concerned about is just like, oh, Ricardo, if I sell this price high, what happens if the guy goes and like, shops me out then I lose the deal later, maybe I don't get a referral. So for you, is it more like just a mindset change? I know you're talking about like build more value, but I don't know, is there anything like, specific that you tell customers or try and like, pre-frame it? So, Sometimes, like,
1: if I know they're a shopper, uh, if I know that customer is that type of person, I will pre-frame it, but it, it just comes from your mindset, number one. It literally, uh, customers can sense how you're feeling and what you think. right customers can sense your energy they can sense whether you actually believe what you're saying or not right and so guess what if you try to sell somebody really high and you don't think what you're doing is worth it and you think that the customer is actually going to shop it guess what they're going to shop it because they're gonna sense it in you that you're not confident in what you're actually doing and once they make that call and say hey I just got a quote and it's a lot cheaper you're gonna fumble on that and then you're gonna drop price and it doesn't work so once you're actually convicted and have conviction and what you're doing I get those calls not a lot but here and there I get those calls and like hey we just shopped it and I just found one that's a lot cheaper I'm like great that's fine I just hold strong I never drop a price I'm like that's cool I'll go back and I'll ask questions and figure out what's they're looking for. And again, it's never about the money. Once you actually go back, then if somebody's shopping for a cheaper price or they're gonna shop you in the backhand, it just means they didn't trust you in the first hand or you didn't do a good enough job actually building value and selling them. So what I see is a lot of my customers don't shop at all because they have all that value and all that stuff that they got from my presentation that they didn't get from anybody else. Mm. And so they don't actually go out of their way to do that. When that happens, you just wanna actually be able to back it up, right? Don't fumble don't be afraid, just actually explain to the customer, yes, I told you, it's definitely more expensive, but here's why, and yeah. in X, Y, Z, like if you want it cheap, I can do it cheap, we're gonna lose X, Y, Z, do you want me to do that? Yeah. And most of the time the answer is no, because it's never about money, it's right. actually about value and having a customer experience that they're, that they're comfortable with, right? Yeah. So that's my biggest thing is pre-frame it if you have to, I'll do it here and there, like if I know the customer is a shopper, they're actually gonna go out of their way to search or they know they're actually doing that, I'll pre-frame that and I will even give customers options through my sale, right? As I'm through my sale, if I know it's that type of person, you wanna get them to agree to what you want them to agree on but it's gotta yeah. be their decision and not yours, yeah. right? So I will tell people a lot of times, look, we have a couple of different options, there's yeah. low, mid, high, here's what you get with everything, blah, 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 and I'll just get them to what you actually want. Yeah. most of the time nobody tells you the cheapest good. they either tell you middle or high
0: mm-hmm.
1: and most of the times when you actually explain it people would rather be sold higher and have a good experience than be sold cheaper and not have a good experience
0: yeah that's awesome yeah super important. yeah I love that giving them options um, and yeah um, I think the biggest thing is you're educating them um, obviously people have the level of trust they feel like you educated them for keeping communication with them probably very few people are gonna like change their mind if you're giving them that level of service. So that's what I've seen too, is you can give them that um, service mindset. And I guess it's like Grant Cardone says too, whatever objections you have in your clothes are gonna come up um, as you're talking to customers. So for those that are listening that have, um, I guess, um, fears about this, then you're, you're gonna reflect that on your customers. So do whatever you can do. Sell yourself first, right? You have to sell sell yourself yourself first. You have
1: to sell yourself first. Uh, Once you believe what you're doing is actually worth it and you can back it up, uh, the customers will follow the same. I mean, at the end of the day, your job is not to convince the customer to believe in what you're doing. Your job is to convince the customer that you believe in what you're doing. As long as the customer can sense certainty in me that I'm 100% certain as the expert that that's what they should do, Mm. they will just follow that but they need to see the certainty within you to follow that
0: yeah that's huge so uh, ricardo i know we don't have a ton of time but i think people are curious to know you closing at such a high uh you know revenue high prices and then closing so many accounts um can you walk us through just maybe like your general closing structure and maybe i don't know anything you feel like are super helpful in closing and getting people to take action today and not think about it or Get multiple clothes yeah. and stuff, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool.
1: It goes back to first of all, well, the, the way I structure my clothes, let's say, is obviously report building is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of my customers, uh, most of them I have a really good relationship with, like, as far as I'll get, I'll connect with them a lot to where you want to try to make it as personal as possible. To where they're not, I'm not the solar guy, I'm Ricardo, they know what I do, they know my background, they know all that stuff. It's just a lot harder. There's a much deeper connection when they can actually connect to Ricardo and I'm at their dinner table and I'm hanging out with their family and joking and playing around with the dog and all those things, as opposed to just be the solar guy that's trying to sell in solar, right? There's a much different level of connection there. So I feel like trust and connection is number one. Uh, So that's the biggest thing that will help you to actually push through those deals that are a little more choppy or Mm -hmm. just actually get people to take action it's all on trust and connection. If you don't have that, and you're gonna try to push somebody to do something, and you don't have that connection, they're just gonna kick you out of the house, right? It's not gonna work. So if you're gonna wanna do that and close at a high rate, and have that upper hand, when you wanna go actually close and push, you need to create a really solid connection first, because that gives you that. So I spend about five or 10 minutes, when I sit down at the table, just joking around like I don't even probably start talking about solar for the first five or eight minutes I don't want to feel like I'm just there to sit down and tell them something take time to ask them questions just get to know them get to know the family just hang out then I'll start asking a lot of questions about solar related stuff okay right I guess the biggest mistake I see people do is you'll sit. actually it's mind-blowing the amount of deals I've gone where people already sit down with solar people Say so you, you'll sit down and I see a lot of new reps or just a little unexperienced reps, they'll just sit down and start selling. And start mm-hmm. selling right away, and you're gonna try to sell the customer how you think they wanna be sold. Mm-hmm. Now you don't know how the customer wants to be sold until you just ask, yeah. and you just listen. Right, so as opposed to sit down and start selling, 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 now the customer's just gonna be taken back. What I do is I get to know them first. I ask a ton of questions about solar first. Okay. So I'll ask them, hey, is this the first time you actually sit down with somebody? Have you said most people have sat down before here, right? It's yeah. California, everybody's already sat down with solar. Yeah. So, okay, when's the last time you actually sat down? Cool. Well, what did they tell you? What did they go through? What were they explaining to you? What was the reason why you didn't end up doing it? Now, if you just do that and just ask them those questions, I promise you you'll get 30% more deals. Because <laughs> yeah, I've done so many deals mm-hmm. where I literally sit down and I just go, okay, so you guys sat down before, yes. What did the guy explain you? This this and that. Okay, so what was the reason why you didn't end up doing it? Hmm. And that will say the dumbest reason to where if you literally just asked the question, you would have solved that concern and gotten an easy sale, right? Yeah. I've gotten so many of those to where you're like how did the rep before me didn't get it? <laughs> right? Cuz yeah. they probably didn't ask enough questions that they never got to that concern. Yeah. If you're just selling 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 selling, maybe they have one little dumb concern and you don't ask that question and they don't buy it because of it, <laughs> yeah. right? And they'll tell you, I gotta think about it or any yeah. of those things, never hear from them again. So literally just taking five minutes to ask questions will lay down all their objections and all their problems. Yeah. Just doing that and asking, why have you guys not done this before? Do you have any weird questions or anything that you feel like you should know? They'll ask you, they'll literally lay out all their concerns. Now at that point, once they build the connection, I ask them all the questions, Now they trust me and they like me as a person, Ricardo, as a human being. After that, I talk to them about solar, I ask them why they haven't done solar in the past, they've told me why they haven't done it, they told me all their concerns, now it's easy. What do I have to do? They like me, all I have to do is just handle those concerns, sales done, Mm -hmm. right, that's it, it's pretty simple. So I guess a lot of my sale is done in the first 10 or 15 minutes is building the connection then actually get the objections and then After that, I'll get into my closing process. I'll have a presentation to where I focus a lot on building value. So you won't catch me talking about savings until the very end. I will not mention savings at all. I'll have a presentation where we're just talking about actual equity in the house, inflation rates, where prices are going up, all those things. I'll have them pull up power bills. I'll explain how the rates are going up and then metering 3.0 is coming out. It's Mm -hmm. just information. Getting people to take action is about actually educating them in the right way. California, we have NEMU ring 3.0. Uh, utility rates are changing. Prices are going up like crazy. Addison territory is going to time of use. All those things are happening. Yeah. And customers have no clue. All mm. they know is they just get a higher bill. They don't know why that happened. They don't know any of those things. If you can actually educate them and explain them what's happening and how fast it's happening, that's the biggest thing to create actual urgency. Yeah. there. And so I'll explain all of those things, create value into owning solar, equity, locking in the rates, all those things. And then at the end, now what I've done is I've had the connection. Mm-hmm. I've had all their objections laid out, basically, what they had before, some preconceptions they have about solar, stuff their friends have told them they had a bad experience, all of that stuff I laid out on the table before. Mm. I don't want to hear any of those objections after I try to close. Yeah. Right, the worst place to be in is you go through the presentation without asking those questions, and then you get unloaded all those objections mm. at the end. Yeah. You've already given your presentation. You've take, you don't have any power anymore at that point all you're doing is you're taking that objection and you're trying to backtrack it and mm. it's just a lot harder so I for don't sure. want to get any objections by the time I'm closing I, I don't close until I know for a fact that when I'm closing it's done nice. when I go for the close I know there's zero objection there they're just gonna sign up and <coughs> that's it I won't close until that's the case okay. so I'll, I'll take everything out get all the objections get all the questions as I'm going through my presentation check in with them very often every 20 30 seconds any question concerns get everything out i want to get all their objections out before i actually go close now i'm going to handle all of them throughout my presentation if i have them all laid out before through my presentation i'm going to handle all those concerns that they gave me at the beginning and i'm going to fish out new concerns that they might have so as i'm taking them all out by the time my presentation done There's nowhere else. All their concerns are handled. They understand everything. They agreed with me on everything I said. I'm going to go close. Customers sign up 100% of the time because there's no concern anymore. Hmm. But you never want to go close. Or what I see a lot of people is you try to push that close and try to close them. Now you might be able to get that deal if you just push it and then the next day they call you to cancel. Right. And so. A big thing is yes you want to push them sometimes customers need to push they need some sort of urgency there mm-hmm. but you want to do that once all their concerns are already handled because now it also makes sense okay right yeah, as opposed to try to just push them through without handling concerns you might be able to do it here and there but they'll just cancel you yeah. want to retain that customer yeah. or they'll yeah, they'll call later they'll shop any of those things yeah. so i just want to make sure throughout my my whole process is really just made and designed to get concerns out and get, and most of the time for solar, it's concerns, not objections. Yeah. As when people, I mean, really, the only way people don't buy solar is because they don't understand it, right, right, period. Sure. That's the only way. Yeah. If, and once you come from that standpoint of, it's not that you don't want solar, it's not that you're anti-solar, it's not that you don't like solar, you just don't understand it, yeah. right? Once you come from that place, all you have to do is get the customer to understand it. Yeah. Once they understand it, they'll do it if you do it the right way and so coming from that frame of mind for me is just about okay what is it that you don't understand what are some of the concerns what are some of the things that your friends have told you that you don't understand once I handle all of that stuff any logical person would do it yeah. because it just makes sense and so you just have to be really good at explaining that in a way that does make sense and makes them feel like they understand what they're actually doing yeah. as opposed
0: to just being pushed into solar panels. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's huge. And so let me ask you, what if someone says, like beginning, you're going through the questions, says, okay, Ricardo, but yeah, we're not gonna, um, this is all good, but yeah, we're uh, just so you know, we're not gonna like sign up today. We're gonna have to like think about it. Mm-hmm. How do you get, what's your advice on getting people to take action that maybe you resolved their, all their concerns, or at least you think you did, you went through your process, they trusted you, but it's like, oh, well, we need to take some time. So I know that's what's, yeah we get, we get questions all the mm-hmm. time about that, so what's yeah. been helping you with that?
1: So the big thing for me is coming back to how you carry yourself, value your time, okay. and actually hold strong. That's the number one thing that helps me close all those deals. Okay. I don't get a lot of those objections at all to begin with, yeah. just for the way I carry myself and pre-framing. All of that is, you don't handle that objection at the end of the sale, yeah. if you get to that and you get it at the end of your sale, you've already lost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're just going through your sale and you get, I gotta think about it at the end, You can try to overcome it but you probably lost the sale or you're gonna have to circle back like once you've given all your presentation and they say I got to think about it you just haven't sold them well enough like you gotta go back and so I do a lot of work at the beginning of pre-framing and making them understand what's actually gonna happen and then the way I carry myself so when I'm there when I pre-frame the sale, I'll say something along the lines of, obviously you know we've been really busy, we came from Cindy, whatever, neighbors, Yeah. so because of these new regulations, whatever I'm gonna explain to them, like the net Metering 3.0, any of those things, because of the t- these new things going on, we've just been slammed. like all the neighbors are trying to get in, okay. so to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of time, I'm just gonna be pretty straight up with you. That just sets up the tones, where I'm like, dude, I'm not here to waste the time. I'm not here desperate for your sale. I'm like, dude, if you don't want solar, I don't care, don't get it. Like I'll yeah. get I'll give it to your neighbors, right? Yeah. I, you just want to have that you're never desperate for a sale. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, I'm you're never gonna catch me try to beg quote unquote a customer or try to push him into it. I just hold myself as like, look, I'm doing so many homes, I don't have time at all. It's kind of more of like a favor of me showing up and actually yeah. getting it done. When he comes from that frame they value your time a lot more and they're not going to give you all those objections But I'll say something along those lines and then pre-frame. It. So I'll say look We've been super busy every time Everybody's trying to get in before end the year when the tax credit changes any of those things So I'm just gonna be really straight up with you I'm gonna check a couple of things. This might or might not work for you. If it doesn't work I'll be the first one to tell you because I don't have time yeah. to waste well, Right, yeah. so you don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste time So if this doesn't work for you, I'll stand up and leave in five minutes. Okay, <laughs> if this works, What I'll do is we'll go through it and as long as it makes sense, we're a little crushed on time, so I'll help you file the application and get going. Sounds fair? Cool. At that point, I agreed on two things. I'm either gonna tell him it doesn't work Mm -hmm. and that's gonna be on my terms, or we're gonna keep going and I'm gonna do it. And I said, my time is scarce, right? I don't have a lot of time here. I'm doing all the neighbors, I don't have time. Within five minutes, I will know if this works for you or not. If this works, we're gonna keep going and sign up. Basically, that's what I told him. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work, I'll stand up and leave. Fair. Yeah. they're like yes cool after that that's it the sales done right yeah. there and then right yeah. after I stayed there for five minutes and I tell them okay you're qualified they've already agreed as far as I handle their concerns at that point and as far as it'll make sense they will sign up because yeah. we've already pre-agreed on that now you don't want to make it a big deal it's yeah. kind of like a little things that you push in there you don't want to say before the sale hey if this makes sense you'll sign up right like, I'm you don't signing to... a contract <laughs> <today>. <laughs> do you but you're setting the intention to what we're doing we're scarce on time here's what we're doing i don't want to waste your time or mine i'm going to look at this for five minutes if this makes sense i'll help you get going if not i'll get up and go to your neighbor's school that's it at that point i have all the power there they i either tell them yes or no but i'm holding all of that i never give them the power of saying yes or no if that makes sense at that point
0: boom dude that's fire so anyone that's not closing as many deals (laughs) as you need Go back and listen to the last couple of minutes because, yeah, I think if you do that, yeah, because I mean, it's just anytime the customer can sense that desperation, the, you know, begging for the sale, it's like, you know, getting that girl in high school. Um,
1: you yeah, know, they, you, people
0: want what they can't have, right? Absolutely. And that's they what want you're doing. what they can't have.
1: Yeah. And they, they, people, if you ever think about, I mean, the one that one of the best things you can do to increase your sales is actually think when you're being sold something, right? I always go back and I think about when I go, shop cars right I go buy a car at the dealership or I go do a couple of things and I'm like dude I would have I I would have bought this thing if the sales guy was a little better but I didn't right so when you go back and think of how you're actually sold and what you respect you are not gonna buy from somebody that's begging you for sale yeah if somebody came to you begging you to buy a car you wouldn't buy that car yeah you would buy from the guy that's busy as hell that barely gives you any time And that's like dude like yeah quick yes or no I'm busy I've got a million things going on like you want to buy from that guy yeah you don't want to buy from the guy that's desperate yeah right because you see that guy is busy he knows what's happening he's the expert he's quick right same thing with everything if you apply that to your life you don't want to I mean that's that's how you want to put yourself because you want to be the guy that's the expert that's busy that you know what's what they're doing and you know exactly their situation, and that's honest, and straight up. Like, I'm very honest and blunt with my customers. I've sat down, and as I said, once you do the pre-framing, it goes back to valuing your time, right? If I do that five, 10 minutes of the initial meeting with the customer, and I understand they're not a buyer, like, they're because you'll you'll get better and better with time understanding they're a buyer or they're not a buyer. When the first two to five minutes in the house, I'll already know if they're signing up or not, right? And when when I'm sensing my time, and I know they're not a buyer, and they're giving me weird objections, or they're not following you, or all those things. Sold your time. Yeah. Hold, like, get up and leave. I'll, I do that all the time. That's awesome. When I'm at, an, at a table, I'm valuing my time, and I'll tell customers these things, and I pre-frame it, and I get everything done right, and I go through my process. If they don't agree with me or they don't want to follow the process, I'll leave. Yeah. I'll say, okay, no problem. This doesn't work for you. Goodbye. Wow. I get up and leave. But you have to have that kind of strength, and that comes from you first. It's the same as holding price. It's the same as holding your time valuable. It comes from you first, mm-hmm. right? If you're trying to go through this process and you sit down with a customer and now the customer's not following your process and they're like, no, I want a quote and then I'm gonna shop again, you know, those customers. Yeah. where they sit down and they're like, look, just so you know, I just wanna get a quote today and then I'm gonna get another quote and then another quote and then I'll compare them. Yeah. I wanna sit with that guy. He's wasting my time. You yeah. think I'm gonna sit there for an hour and give him a quote just so this dude can go shopping somewhere else, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do that. Exactly. I'll say, look, here's what we're doing. I'm busy. I don't have time for this. If this makes sense, I'll get it going today. Does that work? No. Boom. All right. Goodbye. See you later. That's I'll leave. Awesome. Go somewhere yeah. else. But you just have to hold your time first. So if yeah. When you do that, then the, the right people, they're actually ready to go. They're all going to sign up for you. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't handle objections. I handle a ton of objections through the sale. But you have to be good at knowing when it's a no-go or if it's somebody that's actually not going to happen. Yeah don't waste an hour of your time. Why why would you do that? Just to feel like you gave it a shot when you know you're actually not gonna get the sale. And if you have enough experience, you will know. If you're newer, I would say sit through all of them because it takes time and experience to actually understand that, if you're a newer guy and you're starting to close right now, when I started closing, I would sit through all of them. I would go through objections, i just bulldoze them and just try to go through them all. <laughs> then with would experience, you understand, yeah. there are some people who are just not gonna buy. It's just don't waste your time, that. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the main <laughs> thing. Yeah. But as you get better, I, that's something I think helped me so much at actually getting high numbers is just keeping my time open and valuable yeah. as opposed to wasting it with people. Yeah. I would rather sit on my laptop, do account management for an hour, as opposed to sit with a guy that's wasting my time. Right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of times I've I've left deals. Say I was in a deal and I sit down and I'm like, this guy's gonna waste my time for two hours. So he's gonna ask all the questions, get in all the details keep two hours of my time and then get a quote, right? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I don't have time for this. See you later. And I'll leave, knock the door next to him and sign him up on the spot, right? Yeah. So just hold your time valuable to where you can actually go and do better things.
0: Yeah, well that's huge. Yeah, one of the biggest mistakes I see, especially in newer reps, is they just spent two hours with Grandma Betty, yep. that's uh, 96 <laughs> years old, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never gonna buy. <laughs> they're never gonna buy. And they thought they just built a great rapport for yes. two hours. and. Yes. right yeah, yeah that, that's true. a
1: tricky yes that's one thing you it's being really careful of that yeah. especially you'll see in new reps all the time right? yeah oh I've, I've met this grandma she's amazing she's <laughs> the nicest lady on earth she's for sure gonna do it <laughs> then you show up and then you're like yeah Grandma never had an intention of buying solar. <laughs> yeah. She's an awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she wasted two hours of your time. Yeah. Right? And so it's it's just being able to have that difference of when you're working, I'm I'm working. Like yeah. I'm there to get revenue, make sales, get going. I'm I'm not going around to have two-hour conversations. If yeah. I wanted to do that, it's go hang out with my friends. Yeah. Right? So I'm just keeping my time valuable, and and make sure that you're optimizing. I I'm pretty particular about it. Maybe too much, but I go by the 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. Like I'm just holding my time so much especially when I'm out on the doors because it's so valuable especially in solar is 5 minutes more 5 minutes less could be the difference between me getting an account that's 30 grand or not right if I wasted 20 minutes too long with a guy that's not gonna buy then I show up to the next appointment late and maybe that was a 30k laydown, and I didn't get it because yeah. I was late. So, just holding time to always being efficient—that's yeah. one big thing for me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, huge, powerful concept right there. So, for our listeners, make sure you know the value of your time. Make sure you go through and really ask yourself: Was I utilizing my time to you know maximum efficiency in those deals and those appointments? Because yeah, any top producer, especially Ricardo, it's a huge concept that's helped him a ton. So, Ricardo, I know we're speaking at time. I know we're getting short on time <laughs> as we speak here. Um, but last couple of things. First of all, before I forget, where can people, uh, I don't know, reach out to you, connect with you, um, hit you up on social media?
1: Yeah, I guess I'm always on my Instagram. That's my biggest thing. So, RicardoRitchie7, okay. I guess you can put a handle okay. after that. So, that's okay. where I'm the most active or the easiest to reach is Instagram. That's, okay. that's the best way.
0: Sweet. So, we'll put that in the show notes. Go hit him up when you hear this. Let him know you appreciate him for... Um, yeah, this game-changing uh, Nuggets advice you've heard on the show today, and then last question, Ricardo. Um, yeah, I guess biggest thing for people that are struggling, maybe they're going through a slump right now, or maybe they're starting out and not having much success. Is there any last advice you give, or any final tip you give for those people?
1: Um, yeah, I think biggest thing is just focus on the process. Forget about the outcome. That's the biggest thing. I guess that's the number one thing that helped me become a top producer. Is completely forget about the outcome like if I sell 20 deals in a week or I sell two deals in a week I don't necessarily care as long as I know I've done everything I could have done I've been I've had weeks where I've sold five deals three deals four deals and I was happier than a week I sold 10 or 15 or 20 because I know that that week I sold four I went all out and four is all I could have done that week Nah. As opposed to, I had weeks where I did 10 and I'm like, dude, I was lazy. I could have done 15. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, everybody has that is just forget about outcome and just go back and focus on the process. Now, mm. if you're struggling, you're in a slump, you're probably just overthinking things. If you're new to the industry and you're like, is this going to work for me? I don't know if this works for me. I promise you, it works. You've seen there's thousands of people out there doing this, selling, making plenty of money, being successful. It's not rocket science. Right? it's it's sales is not rocket science. So it's simple as long as you have a right mentor, have somebody to follow, have somebody that gives you good advice, and then just implement. It doesn't come overnight, right? you You see all the people that are successful I you can see myself, a ton of other top reps. it takes time to get to that point, right? We didn't just wake up one day and we're the top rep, right? Yeah. It takes time. and so just go through the learning curve, embrace it. just know that as you're going through that, either learning curve or slump, focus on the outcome on the output do as much as you can, just work. Literally just fall back and work. One of the things that gives me the most peace uh, in general, and I I don't really stress a lot about sales at all, so I know know the outcome will come as far as I put in the output. I know, and hard work and work ethic is so important, just because it gives you that peace of mind. Mm -hmm. I know that if, you know, stuff happens, I know that if I really need to, I'm having a really bad month and I really need to go get results, I know because I've done it, I can go on the doors for 16 hours every day. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. And so that just gives you peace of mind in the back of your head, knowing that if things are great, great. If things are not working for you, I know for a fact I can drop everything and be straight for four months, 16 hours a day on the doors. I know I can do that. <laughs> awesome. right So once you yeah. know that, it just gives you so much peace of mind of actually going out. And if you're not getting the results you want, go work. Mm-hmm. Get 12 hours on the door. I promise you, you go 10 hours a day on the doors for a week straight. I promise you'll get sales no way (laughs) no way you don't right so just it's just about having that confidence in yourself of like i can work hard prove yourself you can do those things like prove yourself you can do hard things yeah work out hard uh go around a marathon do hard stuff Be uncomfortable. have hard conversations when you can prove yourself you can do all those things it just gives you so much peace of mind because you know look if stuff goes bad if i need to do stuff i can do hard stuff yeah i can go 16 hours a day and i'll be fine so once you give yourself that backup, then it just gives you so much more peace to actually go through things and enjoy the process and get better. And if if you keep trying it, you're not getting the results you want. Actually go to backup option. Go work 12 hours a day and yeah. <laughs> do that for two weeks straight and then see what happens.
0: Yeah, boom, fire. That is the yeah, money right there. So guys, um, once again, go give Ricardo a shout out. Let him know you appreciated him on the show today. And uh, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Just focus on the process, not the outcome, like you said. And then, if, especially if you are struggling, don't be afraid. Ask yourself, Am I really putting in the hours that I need to? Am I putting in the max effort? Because that's the first step to getting over that hump is really putting in the effort that you need to. So, Ricardo, thanks again for coming on the show today. I'm sure people will hit you up and uh, appreciate it. I'm sure we'll have you on for a follow-up episode. And uh, yeah, cool. Peace it's out. Thanks. Great
1: here. Yeah, we had fun. It was great to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. Cool. Hey solarprinters, quick question. What if you could surround yourself with the industry's top performing sales pros, marketers and CEOs and learn from their experience and wisdom in less than 20 minutes a day. For the last three years, I've been placed in the fortunate position to interview dozens of elite level solar professionals and learn exactly what they do behind closed doors to build their solar careers to an all-star level. That's why I want to make a truly special announcement about the new learning community exclusively for solar professionals to learn, compete, and win with top performers in the industry, and it's called Soul Society. This learning community was designed from the ground up to level the playing field and give Solar Pros access to proven mentors who want to give back to this community and help you or your team to be held accountable by the industry's brightest minds for, are you ready for it, less than $3.45 a day. Currently, Soul Society is open, launched, and ready be enrolled. So go to soulsociety.co to learn more and join the learning experience now. This is exclusively for solarpreneur listeners, so be sure to go to soulsociety.co and join. We'll see you on the inside.